Welcome to Girls Room, where each week we unpack the foundational text of the 2010s, HBO's Girls. I'm Julia Gray. I have my incredible co-host with me, Drew Haskins. Howdy. And joining us for episode five of season four, Girls Superfan and Historian, Alex Martinez. What's up? Oh my gosh, what high praise. <laughs> Not much. How are I'm... you guys? You know what? We're okay. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, we're we're thriving. Um, I do think this is a historic first for the podcast and that you are our first Chicago-based guest. Ooh, okay. That's true. I think so. I think we're breaking the coastal elite taboo here today. Wow. Okay. Can I can I throw a wrench into that and say that I'm from the East Coast? Oopsies. Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll work on it. How are we going to, what are we going to do, Drew? <laughs> I think gonna... we're just going to, I think we're all three DMV natives, actually. So like, oh, wait, no, the D in DMV doesn't stand for Delaware, does it? No, uh, no but I'm from, I'm from Philly, so. <laughs> okay, well, never fine. mind. All right. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> You're from the, the PD, um, X, which is the Philly, Delaware, etc. There we go. Yeah, yeah. perfect. That should be a thing. It should be a thing. I feel like um, if they remade Girls for the 2020s, is that what we're calling this? Um, it would be set in Philly. I feel like Philly is like Brooklyn-y enough now that it could support its own show like that. I, I think there might be at least one Philly-based girl, but I, I feel like it's like Sex in the City. New York is the fifth girl, kind of. Maybe. Okay, I can get behind that. Ready can, can be the fourth that. girl or the fifth girl in, in the yeah. Philly show that we are in. in between, so. <laughs> Perfect. Well, well speak- it's a writer's strike right now, but like, let's work on it. Yeah, <laughs> it once, can be a reality uh, show. <laughs> and let's just say off the bat, we do stand in solidarity with the, mm. the WGA. Um, for sure. Thank God none of us are TV writers, but we are very <laughs> um, supportive of your bargaining goals and aims um speaking of girls in new york though can we talk about allison williams at the met gala very briefly she was she i'll say it she was a vision i feel like i didn't get how she was on theme drew you know more about this than i do was what was her outfit on theme her like kind of clementine tangerine gown i can't really say that she was um I did like the black opera gloves but I think people just slapped on black gloves to a lot of outfits last night because Carl Lagerfeld wore a lot of black gloves but I don't necessarily like the Met Gala like dress code or theme is just a suggestion every year it's not necessarily mandatory I thought she looked fantastic and there was so much black white and kind of nude illusion Mm -hmm. on the red carpet last night that any sort of color felt very welcome to me i love that i i will say i wasn't paying too much attention to mcgall stuff but obviously just being online you see you know everyone posting all the pics and Mm -hmm. the first picture i saw of allison williams was actually someone like um because her dress was all one color they did like the bear pride flag <laughs> on it instead of the actual color so like the first time I saw it I was like what is going on um and then I saw it for real like maybe like hours later I was like oh yeah that's that's nice good for her <laughs> were you a victim, of, um, a victim of misinformation in that moment you, you know like, I luckily I'm good enough at the internet these days that I uh I spotted the photoshop uh, <laughs> I right love- away was this her she's been before but was she there last year Am I? she wasn't there last year i'm not necessarily sure she's been in a few years but the thing is though i'm an allison williams style historian and it is only until january Jan, 2023 that mm-hmm. she started becoming more of a fashion girl for a really long time she dressed in these kinds of pared down New York socialite kind of looks like very like what's like the buzzword that's going around right now like clean wealth aesthetics oh, or whatever yeah. like clean like girl like you know like um how like the succession girls dress 
yeah stealth wealth stealth wealth like she was very stealth wealth for a while um she never wore anything especially notable almost in her life until this year like and now because she's the biggest movie star in the world thanks to megan <laughs> she is finally beefing up her promo appearances to act a, you know act the part of the the star that she always has been i love that did, drew you saw my the chat gpt thing i sent you do you think it's funny enough to to read aloud yes let me pull it up um, so <laughs> do you want to read it uh sure sure uh, or i'll at least introduce it so i asked chat gpt um our robot overlord what marnie michaels um i said tell me about if marnie michaels attended the met gala and what it spit back at me was honestly the seemed so accurate i asked about the rest of the characters afterwards and equally accurate it'll take it would take a long time to read each but i do think we should give marnie michaels met gala appearance some attention sure so chat gpt has said marnie michaels is a fictional character portrayed by allison williams in the hbo television series girls as a fictional character marnie michaels cannot attend real life events such as the met gala However, if we were to imagine that Marty Michaels were a real person attending the Met Gala, it's possible that she would approach the event with a mix of excitement and nervousness, as she often struggled with her identity and fitting in with different social circles in the show. Given her fashion-conscious nature and love of art, she might spend a lot of time carefully selecting her outfit and researching the theme of the Met Gala in advance. It's right. also possible that Marnie would find herself caught up in the social dynamics of the event, perhaps trying to make connections with influential people or feeling out of place in a sea of celebrities and fashion icons. In any case, if Marnie Michaels were to attend the Met Gala, it would likely be a memorable experience for her, both in terms of the fashion and the social scene. Like, wow. GPT coming for this podcast? is That's what I want to know the analysis is we're outsourcing it from now on like i'm only doing 70 percent mental and emotional labor for this um and the ai the algorithm can handle the rest that's a sure. good idea that's a good idea we should have ai guests <laughs> well speaking <laughs> of an irl guest who is more of an expert than chat gpt ever could be alex please tell us how you came to girls in the first place and what your experience around the show is um, I started watching when it came out. I was like the same age as the character. I was like 24 when the show started in whatever year, 2012 or whatever. Um, and so it was like, odd. and I'm from like the East Coast. So I, you know, have a lot of friends that moved to New York and like stuff like that. So I don't know. I just connected in a weird way. Obviously, none of my friends are like those people, but, um, you know, situations arise in a similar sense. So, um, and I remember at the time, like, liking it a lot, but then also feeling somewhat shameful um, <laughs> <laughs> about it. And then I, uh, in January, I got COVID, um, shocker, uh, pandemic. Uh, and and so I was, you know, quarantining and I was like, what else can I do right now? Let me just go through and rewatch, like, all of Girls. And it was a great, it was a great rewatch, especially, like, when you're stuck inside and have literally nothing else to do. No, it's getting harder and harder for me to not just keep going when we watch these episodes. Like, just doing one at a time, especially in the part of the show that I don't remember as well as the first three seasons, is it's hard not to binge. It's really hard not to binge. But How do you think the show holds up after watching it initially and then in January? I thought it held up like fairly well. I thought, I mean, I thought it was probably just as funny, if not funnier than when I watched it the first time. Like there are so many things that I forgot of like dialogue and jokes that I was like, oh, I can't believe that that's happening. Some of them obviously are going to be, you know, slightly outdated. Um, but I think for the most part, I actually enjoyed most of the, most of the characters more um, than I did the first time around like I feel mm -hmm. like some of them I definitely on my first viewing back when it was airing I like was like f that character like I do not I don't want to associate it with that person or whatever 
Um, and then this time around, I, I had more like appreciation for all of them. What is your general estimation of season four relative to the rest of the show? Um, it was weird because I feel like the whole entire time I was, uh, especially at least for Sushana's character, I remember when I was rewatching being like, let's get to Japan, let's get to Japan. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and like now just like watching her in this like ugly like business outfits, I'm like, oh, I hate this. Um, I'm trying to remember what else everyone, what else everyone else happens. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it was maybe not the highest of the seasons, I think for me, um, but it was still like I think overall like a satisfactory like it I I felt good about after season four for sure. Yeah, this is I, I mean with the caveat that I've only watched this show once on its initial airing, season four is not one I really you know thought super highly of. I guess at the time I was watching like I liked it a lot, but it's definitely it does not stick out to you the way that the first three kind of do and then the last season does mm-hmm. but i i really like season four like the iowa storyline which we're finally on the other side of i thought was very satisfying and i mean we'll get into this episode but i i thought this one was pretty good too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i honestly re-watching season four i remember i like it a lot more than i remembered yeah and i i don't think i with all like the new characters and things that happen I I don't remember if I at the time on originally watching it I like was getting into them as much but this time around I like I you know I'm I'm a Mimi Rose apologist um oh, yeah <laughs> oh my god so is Drew <laughs> yeah I love me I love Mimi Rose I um you know in preparation for last week's episode and this week's I was reading some of the contemporary reviews of some of these first season four batch of episodes and a lot of the reviews talked about how the Iowa trip felt like gimmicky on a show structural level like they were like oh we just need to take one of the girls out of the country for or not out of the country but you know like out of Brooklyn for a few episodes and see what happens and I did not find it super gimmicky I don't know I thought it was a really well-placed piece of character development from like a growth and also just like a narrative perspective Mm -hmm. we need to know before we dive into the episode and all things mimi rose howard which which girl are you um it it kind of changed i think initially when i first watched it i would have said just i am unfortunately more marnie than anything else uh slightly like over controlling um you know and then on my second watch i actually related to um jessa a little bit more than i had wanted uh there's a level of like self-sabotage and recklessness that i was like uh oh i've been to therapy i actually uh i see (laughs) what that is um but yeah, I, that, those that my then analysis and my now analysis is kind of Marnie still, but a little just on there. So not only are you the first Chicago resident, I think you're the first person to identify with Jessa who's mm-hmm. come on the show. I know. Yeah. And anyone listening, I am single. If you like that <laughs> recklessness, uh, controlling bitch. Yeah. Here I, I am. We have, had, we have had people come on the show say Jessa is their girl's crush. So you might have some, you might have some callers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Should you we... are in safe hands with Marnie though. Oh my I am God, also yes. a Marnie and, uh, you're you're Hannah Shosh cusp. Yeah. So I mean, I, I definitely have some Marnie in there. I mean, I'm I'm kind of a control not control freak, but I like control. Um, but in I it I present differently than same, same, yeah. You know, for sure. like I think all of the girls have kind of a control thing. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and I have more of a Shosh Hannah control thing. <laughs> I think this is definitely the first time though that we have had all four girls somewhat represented in beautiful this and it is beautiful it's like a uh an avatar when the four nations come together or whatever (laughs) (laughs) perfect perfect harmony just like Um, 
So the, should way, we the way of Greenpoint. Um, <laughs> yeah. Should we get into uh, into the episode itself? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. So last episode, Hannah quit her MFA program in Iowa after writing a very passive-aggressive apology note to her classmates and came back to New York only to find that Adam and Mimi Rose have moved in together in her old apartment. Shosh bombed a job interview and spent a very cathartic afternoon running errands with Ray. And Marnie and Desi finally officially got together after Clementine probably dumped Desi. And so, now... Yeah, I mean, we're we're in a weird spot. I feel like the episode really focused on Hannah. So maybe let's let's start by unwrapping her whole situation. Totally. Um, so this episode, I think functionally a bottle episode um, where Hannah stages a sit-in in Adam and Mimi Rose's apartment. I loved it. I, I I forgot this episode even existed and I thought it was pretty brilliant. And I think it's a great like introduction to because we, we hadn't seen Mimi Rose before, right? I can't remember if we saw her earlier. No, she like the reveal of last episode was that Mimi Rose even exists in the first place. And I love that her introduction to us this episode was like kind of a normal conflict mediator. She's like running out for cold press juices for people Ugh. as like a compliance tactic. Like, uh, like I, Hannah in this moment, it's, it's the perfect picture of betrayal. Like not only does Adam have a new girlfriend, but Adam has a new girlfriend who is, you know, beautiful and effervescent and wants to get her cold pressed juice. <laughs> and I will say when the episodes start now, this is like, I, I didn't watch all of season four for a third time, but I obviously for this episode, episode I did. And I immediately was like, why is the camera so shaky? And I, and I was like, does that happen in girls? And I just wasn't paying attention. And I looked it up and apparently that was like an actual thing that the director like wanted, like just for this, they use like handheld cameras instead. Oh, that's and I was oh. and I was like, I wonder if that was to like show like this like shaky, you know, moment in, in Hannah's life of like, this is everything is kind of uprooted now and like, it's different. And I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Um, and it only takes three times watching it to get it, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I even noticed that actually on this viewing. It was the first note that I wrote. I wrote shaky camera question. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good observation. I don't think I recognize that either, but I think that that probably is part of it. Also, just the fact that it's, pr I think it's all in her, that apartment, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it makes sense. It all, it all kind of, um, you know, like you said, kind of a bottle-ish episode. Yeah, there's a lot, there are a lot of really interesting shots, though, now that we like mentioned the camera work, like that initial impact of like looking up at Hannah from the floor as she's like bent over whatever like bar cart they've put up in the kitchen now, like really bleak. Mm -hmm. But I mean, this was kind of a bleak episode, I guess. Um, after Mimi Rose goes out for juice, Hannah and Adam have kind of a tiff. Um, <laughs> Adam saying that her name is Mimi Rose Howard and Hannah responding, that's not a name, that's just a woman's name and a man's name with a flower stuck in the middle is one of the lines from Girls that I like remember like seared in my brain to this day. I, it's such a Hannah response, like to have a quippy comeback to her heartbreak. Also, Adam revealing that he put all of her stuff in a storage unit. Like, oh my God, that is where I I am not on Adam's side at all. That's messed up. That is pretty fucked up. Although to be fair, he did not know she was going to come back and she did not tell him. Yeah, right. she, she loves stunts. Like, I in, think of it this way. She was supposed to be gone for two full years not just a month. I don't think I realized that it had only been a month since she left for Iowa in the first place. Like, I I don't know if I would do a storage unit necessarily, but, but I kind of get 
moving on with your life as if she was going to be gone for like two years is a long time for a holding pattern but also wouldn't she visit you know yeah that's fair i guess maybe she i don't know just yeah and not to get too ahead of ourselves but the 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 room situation too that's like a lot to happen in one month as well so he was doing like a lot to be like this is now my place and not yours yeah i like when he he said well you left it to me and she's like i'm not dead i went to grad school (laughs) like yeah it, it is a lot i mean she came home pretty quickly but it's a lot to uh you know kind of upend his entire life and change personalities and girlfriends yeah, I can see why the sit-in was necessary as an act of, like, protest, <laughs> but also just, like, I, you know, she's just emotionally shutting down. Um, I really liked the structural conceit of this episode in which basically every character on the show tries to get her out of the room. Oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's taking turns kind of visiting hours. Yeah. But I will say... Like I love that as well. One thing after watching it again, I was like, why didn't they just go through the second bedroom? I don't, I don't, mm, true. I don't think it was revealed until. Until, until like Jessa, I think maybe or something. Yeah. yeah. One of them reveals, oh, I think it's Shoshu reveals it because she says, oh, yeah. hey, you definitely need to call your super. Shosh <laughs> <laughs> is the first person who arrives, which I love is very, very Shosh. Um, and yeah, she rips down the this awful tapestry that I haven't seen since I was in college and reveals the um, wall that has now disappeared because um, <laughs> Adam's making a master suite. Although it just looks like a workroom. Yeah. And a- like yeah. <laughs> he had that workroom in his last apartment and now he's, I mean, essentially just duplicating it. Yeah, so... I, I don't know. I mean, that's a really extreme thing to do in a New York apartment. Um, like, if it's not written into your lease. So, I, I just... <laughs> he seems <laughs> to be making a lot of big decisions. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so Shosh arrives, and she tries to give her a pep talk. Honestly, she's... For my money, Shosh is... She's doing a pretty good job. She tells her she looks like she lost um, weight, pounds to be exact (laughs) um she's like okay wait what does she say she calls mimi rose howard mimi rose howard a rando hussy (laughs) (laughs) and insists they like hate google her i don't know which turns out to be a bad bad choice (laughs) because there's like videos yeah because she's so put together i did love hannah saying that she doesn't want to be this quote woman google or yeah woman googling person (laughs) very funny to me i also really like shosh barging into the apartment um and mimi rose was like oh marnie and Shosh said no not right and i don't know who you are and don't care to know and just like pushed her aside like a saloon door like perfect she's a a good friend yeah and she looked like a classy businesswoman just kind of that (laughs) yeah her these bobs are getting like increasingly flappery to me (laughs) in a way that i have like a philosophical opposition to um I'm worried that I've come out on this podcast over the past few weeks as like too anti-Bob. I want to stress I'm not anti-Bob whatsoever. I I love a Bob, especially if it's deployed well. I just don't. I just find her style so confounding in a delightful way right now. Yes, I agree. I mean, she has. I love her style evolution. I think we've talked about it. Yeah. Um, but I I do. I need to know. Which girl would each of you want to comfort you in this situation? Ooh, I think I would probably say Jessica because it's well, I guess she's sober right now, but like, I feel like she would be she would be the one that would want to like do something crazy though to be like get out of it, snap out of it. I I love that answer. Mm -hmm. I love it because it's I would I would never say it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I honestly I think. I think Shosh would be would be my choice. Like I need someone to coddle me and to kind of indulge my mm. like yeah you know, 
indulge me. But she's also really good at steering you through it too. Like she's like, oh, you shouldn't be watching the YouTube videos. Like you shouldn't be insta stalking. It's a good combination of blunt and bold, but also being a good listener. Mm-hmm. And that I think, yeah, Chosh would be great. The only one I wouldn't want is Marnie. Yeah, just Marnie's which is crazy awesome. because I feel like she was the one this episode that like. <laughs> gave her like actually good advice and like gave it to her straight (laughs) yeah she she definitely got there at the end i mean we'll we'll get to the marnie part of it but i um i was kind of 50 50 on marnie but i just know more broadly like as a marnie myself i cannot have another marnie (laughs) in the room at a time of crisis like that's just structurally unsound i get that too i feel like yeah i just feel like she wasn't very marnie this episode I'm of two minds about that. We'll, we'll definitely yeah, we'll cross yeah. that bridge. But Jessa comes in. Um, and... well, I did. I actually really liked when I think it was she was talking to Adam, uh-huh. of like when will she leave or whatever, and she says like uh, all will be revealed with the fullness of time. Or like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're crazy. Perfect shosh quote. I also perfect shosh quote. Uh, you just boob hit me with your foot. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would not have literally kicked Shoshan out of my room I'll just no especially no. now literally yeah yeah door. um I did love Jessa popping in and asking Hannah are you here on furlough <laughs> <laughs> Jessa's behavior this episode like I do think Jessa could be good in a crisis but this is not that crisis like she was driving no. me crazy with the gas lighting behavior yeah. it was pretty she psycho knows, yeah she knows she's guilty she says she like is up a hundred percent sure that she told Hannah about Mimi Rose. Like I told you about that, right? Just is so utterly casual. It's just like completely bad friend behavior. Completely bad friend. And she the way she like slowly revealed but also kind of obfuscated that she was the one who set Mimi Rose and Adam up in the first place. MRH. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, bad, bad friend behavior. Bad friend behavior. But also, mm. she was the most hurt of the girls that Hannah was leaving in the first place. Mm-hmm. Does that excuse this? No. But it does explain it. Yeah. I Do we think it's, like, true to... I, I went back and forth. Like, do we think each girl's response to Hannah, especially Jessa's, is, like, true to the character that they've been written as? Like, with Jessa, I'm... I'm back and forth because Jessa does love Hannah, but she's also kind of cruel to her. So maybe it does make sense. Yeah, it kind of does, I think, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Mm -hmm. She has such bad abandonment issues that the minute Hannah announced that she was leaving, which was on pretty short notice. I mean, I can see why she would lash out, but still a little outsized. I also don't necessarily buy that Jessa and Mimi Rose would be friends. Like, Mimi Rose does not seem like she would be friends with any of these girls, really. Well, um, you find out you find out later why she did that, right? Don't Like, because she wanted to hook up with Mimi's ex or whatever. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. Uh, no. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's the reason why they she, like, in, yeah. had them get together is because she was like, oh, I want to hook up with Mimi Rose's friend. And oh, my God. So it was, it was out of pure selflessness still, but... Uh, yeah. No, oh my true. god. I was shocked by the violence on display this episode. <laughs> um the slapping. I, know, I forgot later. about all the slapping. Yeah. Yeah. I coincidentally watched this episode and the episode of Vanderpump Rules season two, in which Stas Stasi and Kristen slap each other on the same day. And I it was I was like, oh my god, like. 2014 was like a banner year for women on women violence. Wait, what year? What year did the slap come out? With it would have been probably around then. Probably around that too. Yes, a big, big slapping culture at that time that definitely has not really borne through into 2023 for better or worse. Um, but I mean, yeah, that it was obviously an unsalvageable situation. Marnie is completely unreachable uh during this whole affair which is pissing everyone on earth off that also i mean we we learn later that she was unreachable because of 
she was on a cell phone diet um with what's his name desi which i I guess is true to her character as someone who's like unbelievably impressionable um Mm -hmm. and obsessed with desi but yeah i don't know that i i sad sad for sad for hannah in this moment she's been forced to uh kiss on the floor and (laughs) walk to uh laird and caroline's apartment well, no, they come to the, no, the apartment. Yeah. She just walks out of the room and they're in the living room oh, now. Right. Oh my God, right. Yeah, I think Adam like had to leave and like had someone come up and had them babysitter. Yeah. <clears throat> because I, I love Gabby Hoffman and I yes. when I forgot that she was in this episode at all. So when she opened the door and it's her getting her foot rubbed, I was like, hell yeah. Yeah, I know, no spoilers, but like things don't end great between these two, but I love Laird and Caroline together as this like, wacky earth parent couple Mm -hmm. the feet cream was so funny (laughs) so gross but gabby hoffman is a comedic genius i really like it's such a heightened character but she makes it work so well like this is a character that could be a little too wacky even for this show Mm -hmm. but like it just seemed like she just seamlessly fits in so well. Like I like that she dresses up all these like searing burns about like Adam being at his best when he is nurturing the poor and emotionally vul- or vulnerable and damaged. Uh, just like you. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah, she's just a, I mean, a totally kind of vicious person underneath all her, um, woo woo bullshit yeah (laughs) but also i mean that's the kind of response that hannah wanted that's like the coddling that she kind of wanted even though it's you know formed in the backhanded compliment it's also saying hey i don't really like mimi rose either you were kind of better with them Mm -hmm. um it's like giving her that kind of you know yeah which is also funny like (laughs) that's what hannah wants even though it's uh an insult to hannah it's like yes she says yeah exactly like she's completely in agreement (laughs) yeah like i I, sometimes all you need is a three-way hug and then you're good to go so she sleeps overnight in the room which is was psycho to me i was not on board with most of hannah's behavior this episode um i thought ray's advice was potentially the worst of all until the very end but i love that he's just frying bacon in her room or in her kitchen and yeah. uh just ranting about his like nascent city government career <laughs> like not even listening yeah. to her i i did love how like when she opened the door and you see him doing that that seems like so sweet and so kind and then the moment you like get involved with him you're like oh he has his completely own agenda um he's only gonna rant about what he wants to rant about <laughs> which mm-hmm. is you know stop sign or some shit <laughs> Yeah, he really just kind of needs a like a backboard or like a uh what do you call it soundboard? No, soundboard. Sound, a soundboard, soundboard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he needs someone to to listen to him rant. And Hannah is a she's not going anywhere. And wait, what did she say to him? She said, "This is impossible. Like, there's no solution. Like a Rubik's, a Rubik's kid. <laughs> <laughs> Such a funny, perfect Hannah line. I love, what does he say he's like well there is a solution and she said yeah if you take off all the stickers <laughs> <laughs> like that's such a hannah solution to a rubik's cute is just yeah. to redo it without having to do any other work <laughs> oh god it's so that's a really good way to put it alex that is a perfect metaphor it was also classically Hannah for her to semi-intentionally burn herself with bacon grapes for attention Ow. It seemed like a bad burn too. Like I don't understand what. Maybe she. I don't know. I don't understand how that happened. But I think she was trying to eat it out of the pan, but she also wanted to get hurt. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, I had a. I don't want to say I had a similar situation. That is painting myself in in an unflattering light. I had. I've been in a situation where I kind of just let myself get hurt because I'm just like I want to feel something, you know. Not in, like, mm. a total depression way. Just, it was, like, early days of COVID. I was just, whatever. I fell down and, like, cracked my lip. But <laughs> I, I kind of, un- like, she she didn't want it to happen, but she let it happen, you know? 
Yeah. And she just loves making things difficult for herself too. Like this makeshift solution that she, she like inspector gadgets herself with like an oven mitt bandage aloe vera concoction that like Ray has to put together. And uh, he's like, he's too wrapped up in his own shit to like reassess whether what he is doing is even helping the situation at all. But like, she just has to be like very publicly in pain. Mm. Yeah. And it's kind of nice, like even in her chaos and her pain, she like brought it back to Ray being like, are you sure you're not upset because of Marnie? <laughs> and he's like, blah, blah. And he's like, no, definitely not. Yeah, Ray gives her kind of a pep talk. You know, he mm-hmm. says she doesn't deserve this. And I don't, at some point he's like, you know, I don't think I'm a cretin like Marnie makes me out to be. I'm 34. Someday you guys will be too. Uh, like- when he when he said well, I'm 34 right now and I was like oh no like I guess I'm doing better than Ray but um that made me feel old <laughs> 34 is is a young young age I've been saying mm-hmm. thank you thank you so after Ray leaves she watches Mimi Rose's little basic talk at Mills College which I thought was a funny touch um about how Mimi Rose gave up on a relationship to pursue her creativity and not let it limit her this was the one little part of the episode that didn't fully work for me just because it felt on the nose thematically in a way that this show doesn't always get um yeah I don't know that's a good point I I I do love the completely nothing topic of her lecture though just completely mundane I think that's the enigma that is Mimi Rose. She's always held up uh, to this like high esteem of being the it cool girl. But then when you break it down, she's kind of empty and then mundane. Yeah, that that is, you said it. (laughs) (laughs) Or does she just have her shit together? Alternative. We'll find out, won't we? Yeah, I watched like a second of the next episode and we do see her apartment. And I was like, that is a nice apartment. Oh so. my God, with a little like outdoor space. Oh, mm-hmm. so cute. Perfect. So, cute. Um, so Marnie finally arrives after her cell phone diet. And Hannah has left her a voicemail that's like, you're dead to me. You're you're a fake friend. Like, don't ever call me ever again. And she's like still kind of putting up that facade when Marnie gets there. It's <laughs> like- Takes as she like locks herself in the bathroom like to finish the Mimi Rose lecture and turns on the shower, mm-hmm. and I, I loved Marnie saying this is not one of your more convincing <laughs> fake showers. I love this as yeah something that Hannah has done before. <laughs> yeah, these two are so far apart, but I love that Lena is still able to write these moments of like quiet intimacy between them that like. They might not be friends in the same way they were back then, but mm-hmm. like they still are able to use this little shorthand with each other and um they know each other really deeply, even if it's like not what they like right now. Yeah. I really liked when um when Marnie like entered into the apartment, she like I, I don't know, I guess still has like a self of like um uh, unawareness about herself because she's like she opens the door and then her arms are just like fully out like here I come like come and hug me and like that's clearly not like the situation at hand Mm -hmm. uh just not really getting it yeah she's still a little high on the Desi supply like I mean between the cell phone diet and then finally like beating Clementine so to speak um she's definitely a little self-satisfied in this episode that is in a way that is like completely incompatible with what Hannah's going through but she does um she gives the best advice she, they're the only advice yeah. that like breaks through to Hannah at least that like gets her out of this like funk mm-hmm. yeah which is like you need to move on from him like did you guys did you really think you were going to be together forever um but you're 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 right in a very self-satisfied way but it is the right advice um what did you guys make of her saying hannah goes i thought we could be some great artistic couple and marnie's like well what if you and i are like this great like artistic love story or whatever it just it and hannah like totally rolls her eyes and she's like yeah i'm sure i feel like she's just riding high on the the desi creative duo Mm -hmm. thing of like just 
presenting yourself as this creative type that is moving through the world about to be successful. Yeah, I I agree with that. Though the way it like reads on the show, like it definitely is not played for a laugh. Like I think it is a very like complex moment that that I was thinking about for a little bit too. Like they're definitely not meant for each other creatively, but I think it was just a really bad expression of like a soul bond of some sort. Yeah. I loved this final scene with Hannah and Adam Mm -hmm. where she's able to express her hurt in a much more mature way than she did yesterday. Like I think getting all the perspectives from all of her visitors during her act of protest are are helping her. And I think it was, I mean, it was an interesting way for the show to kind of showcase all the girls' different perspectives and, you know, how each person is handling Hannah, the main character's kind of heartbreak. It's also her departure, too. Like, that first episode of this season, we saw Hannah's anxieties about her moving played out on how she interacts with the other characters. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one was sort of a reversal where everyone else is reacting to her and like yeah. her absence and now her return and how much of an upheaval that actually was for the people in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, I did really like Adam telling her what we had was weird and beautiful and intense and terrifying. Very like a, just on a scooch tumbler, just a scooch. <laughs> But it hit me like I am a Tumblr girly at heart, and that uh, if I had yeah. seen that in like block font in twenty fourteen, I would have uh, I wouldn't have known what to do with myself. Honestly, gave me gave me goosebumps. There, I said it. Uh. Yeah, it was very sweet and heartbreaking, and you don't really get those moments with Adam that often. So when they happen, it's like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And I feel like Mimi Rose Howard is probably kind of helping Adam articulate his feelings better, too. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Although I will say I did hate him calling Hannah kid again when she was oh. leaving. I was like, fuck off. Yeah. You just had that like heartbreakingly beautiful moment. And then you call her kid. Yeah. yeah. Have some damn respect. Yeah, it. I did like her sticking up for herself too and just being like, I don't think you should call me that anymore. And he he understands it. Like they did have this really nice moment of accord. But there's still a deep well of hurt and resentment that I think was so well expressed by the ending of this episode with Hannah going to the storage unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was a really impactful, like an effective scene to end with it. She just goes into the storage unit and kind of leaves leaves the door open and lies down on the couch surrounded by all her shit in boxes just kind of at, at rock bottom I, I was wondering i was like do you think that she just took a nap or did she like stay in the storage unit for like a night i'm like i can is that possible can you do that yeah i think she definitely slept overnight because like the train ride that she takes it it felt like it was like almost midnight what she was doing it kind yeah. of it called back to i don't remember which season this is but when hannah is it, it's a season ender i don't remember which season when hannah takes the train accidentally all the way to coney island and falls asleep oh. on the train yeah that's the season 1 that. finale oh it's season 1 yeah yeah Nice yeah. parallels. Two ends of her relationship, too, with Adam. Like, the first ending and then now the second one. Wow, I wonder if that was intentional. Parallels. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. maybe. Um, what did you all think of this episode in total? I've already said my piece on what I think, but... Alex. I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was, like, a good showcase for the cast of, like, having them being separated and then you know they're off off their hand doing their own thing and then knowing now you're you know hannah's going to be coming back into the fold and seeing how all those interactions play out um i thought it was just like a good introduction to like group dynamics and group and like character you know traits and personalities Mm -hmm. and 
we get to see more Mimi Rose. Yeah. It's always fun. I completely agree with you. I think yeah, it was a good good character development episode. All right. So I think we're ready for our final segments. Um, our first question we ask every guest is which girl are you in this episode? I I will have to stick to my guns and, and say Marnie. I, I think I would have been the friend to maybe not blow off a friend initially, but um, the, that kind of advice is advice that I think that I would give. Um, and I, well, not, not just cause it was the best advice, um, but <laughs> because it was the, it was kind of like the most appropriate though. Mm-hmm. Sure. I definitely felt like I was Mimi Rose actually <laughs> this episode, <laughs> but, um, just drinking I your am, cold pressed juice. Oh, literally like I am so conflict avoidant and I love juice so much that I would, <laughs> yeah, I would, I would have been out of that apartment. I would have been like, you resolve this i'll come back when we're done here mm. i okay i mean i i hate to say it but i'm i'm a hannah here like i i would stage a sit-in i i can't let go of every anything and i would be bed bound accepting visitors and and cursing those who aren't by my side <laughs> We also do a, a fit check where we decide which outfits were like the most beautiful, most memorable, most uh, horrifying, <laughs> whatever stood out to you. Um, definitely uh, Shoshana's businessy attire. I had taken a couple, some notes on that. Um, and then also Hannah uh, just being wrapped in like a an oven mitt with like tape. <laughs> And then like trying to like carry her suitcase and like, she's like, no, I got it. I can do it on my own. And like that, that kind of stood out too. Mm -hmm. That is the one. Her damn oven mitt hand. (laughs) It's very Met Gala. It's very, very (laughs) avant-garde. Like, um, those were definitely notable for me as well. I also thought the like yoga pant schlub wear that Marnie showed up in was mm-hmm. very funny that's exactly the kind of like outfit that you wear when how am I gonna phrase this that's how it's nice it's exactly <laughs> the kind of outfit that you wear when you don't feel like you have to oppress the person you're dating anymore that is so fair mm, okay. that is so fair um I, I I I agree with both of you I also don't think we've given enough attention to Laird's beanie. So oh yeah. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I I we might have mentioned it in passing, but the consistency with that beanie. Mm, he really loves that say, beanie. Yeah. As the kids say, I know it smells crazy in there. <laughs> <laughs> he rocks it though. Like I um in this current Vanderpump Rules rewatch that I've been doing the beanies are completely out of control and (laughs) not a single one of them looks good and it's nice to see a beanie deployed well on the right wear so there's there's a head for every hat as they say Mm -hmm. um and then our last or last segment is mvp and lvp of the week most valuable player and least valuable player I'm going to go with the people I relate to the most in the show. And I'll say Marnie was MVP. Jessa was LVP. Wow. Yeah. I feel like, like, I mean, I see it. I think I, I, I can make a case for Marnie as MVP giving like the best advice. But again, I I do think Laird, I, (laughs) he stopped creaming his wife's foot, his pregnant wife's foot. So she can make tea for her. That's you're right. You're right. You're right. I think we can, we need to give this man his flowers. Um, And then LVP, honestly, Adam, like he needed to, Mm. he, he don't put the stuff in the storage, storage locker facility thing. It don't do that. I don't think that's, I think there's a different way to handle it. That's I fair. will not stand yeah. for this storage facility. I can buy all of these arguments for sure. My LVP's Jessa for being like out of pocket, cruel, and gaslighty at the worst possible time. 
I'm going to say my MVP is Shos just because I thought she had the best advice. Like Marnie definitely had very good advice, but like, like I've said in previous episodes, Marnie's not winning MVP until the end of season five. So I just out of principle cannot give it to her. So I think that's fair. Well, Alex, thank you so much for being here today. This was an absolute joy. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And it's very exciting to rewatch and, talk about what's your favorite episode of the show in total um it's the patrick murray one or patrick wilson patrick mm-hmm. wilson uh in season two that oh. when she like stays at his uh, yeah i you loved that it. episode yeah you don't know because it, it was so it didn't really serve much purpose other than just like ha- like i don't know getting to know hannah a little bit more and it was so delightful to just i don't know she went through like every emotion of I don't I I yeah I thought it was a cool standalone yeah. episode. And That's obviously, a great answer. Obviously, I mean, like also like the beach house. I'm not like an idiot. Um, <laughs> we know that is a great episode okay. too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were some of yours? I mean, I think my knee jerk answer is beach house. I but... mean, it's a per- it's a great it's like a perfect episode. So like yeah. you have to. You have to include it. I also the accident, the Bushwick warehouse party. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge fan of that episode. Those are the first ones that come to my mind. Yeah, I all of those as well for me. Later seasons, I love the Panic in Central Park. Um, yes, the two hander with Marnie and Charlie. And I also oh, really yeah. like the season six episode. I don't remember what it's called, so forgive me, but where Hannah interviews Matt, Matt Reese. Reese. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a great I, episode. That's a really good one. Um, oh God, we still have so much to go to. I feel like the back half of Girls kind of has a reputation for being way slower than the first one, but I'm not finding that to be true so no. far. And I'm, I'm eleven, eleven at all. But Alex, if you would like to be found on social media where can people find you uh sure yeah you can follow me on twitter uh my handle is mr or mr mr and then my last name martinez backward z-e-n-i-t-r-a-m mr zenitram uh, <laughs> oh DJ. it's it, it uh <laughs> it comes from an old aim screen name uh so it, it really has last it's lasted me a long time um but yeah Amazing. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Yeah, so it was great to fun. Um, And before we go, just a reminder, if you're liking today's programming and indeed other week's programming as well, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out a lot and just makes us feel positive. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> thanks, everyone. Review. All right, bye. Until next week. Bye.